Good morning, everyone, and welcome to uh, Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book study. My name is Larry Kay from Chicago, and I'm a recovered compulsive reader. Today is Thursday, March 21st, 2019, and today we're reading from the Big Book, and we are currently on page 14, the uh, third paragraph. It starts, for a moment, I was alarmed, and we're going to read through two paragraphs ending, he knows that they are real, and we're going to comment on both paragraphs. Today's readers, we have Kathy R. on the 12 Steps and Allison E. on the 12 Traditions. And the readers of the text are Kelly S., Nadia B., and Renee A. The share ID for yesterday, March 20th, 2019, the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, uh, that number is 12,678, 12678. And for the 10 a.m. meeting, uh, 12,684, 12684. Um, the newcomer greeter for the next meeting will be Jason K, and Jen A is going to host for the second hour. The OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can indeed recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So let me now hand it off to Kathy R. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Larry. My name is Kathy R. I'm calling from Florida, where it is nice and warm. These are the 12 steps of our wonderful program. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. <clears throat> 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And number 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And thank you for letting me do that service. 
Thanks so much, Kathy. Okay, now I'd like to ask Allison E. if you'd be kind enough to read the 12 traditions. Allison, good morning. Hi, good morning. This is Allison E., compulsive overeater from New York. One, <clears throat> our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group or never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain for sorry, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. I pass. Thank you so much, Allison. Okay, here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature that we are discussing, and that you keep your shares to approximately three minutes. If you go over three minutes, you're gonna hear something like this. <clears throat> Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the direction in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we're gonna uh, pick back up in the big book. We are currently on page 14, starting with the third paragraph. It starts for a moment, I was alarmed, through two paragraphs ending, he knows that they are, they are real. And we're gonna comment on both paragraphs. So let me now hand it over to our friend from Oklahoma, Kelly S., to get us started. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Larry. It's Kelly S., recovered in Oklahoma. Um, grateful to be here. Thanks for your service. For a moment, I was alarmed and called my friend, the doctor, to ask if I were still sane. 
He listened in wonder as I talked. Finally, he shook his head saying, something has happened to you. I don't understand, but you had better hang on to it. Anything is better than the way you were. The good doctor now sees many men who have such experiences. He knows that they are real. All right, starting my timer there. So, oh my goodness, you know, um, something has happened to, to all of us and to me that I don't understand. I definitely know the medical field doesn't understand because, you know, this thing, this this higher power thing, you can't understand it, right? The medical field has been trying to figure us out, figure out this addiction for years. And, um, you know, it's it's pretty amazing that this book, even when it was written, this doctor had seen many men who have had such experiences and he knew, and he knew they were real. Little did he know, you know, this was back, you know, 1938, 1940s, that, you know, 85 years later, we have even more evidence. And what's real about it is that not only, you know, I'm able to keep the food down, we're able to put the food down, have neutrality, stay abstinent. We're able to live successful lives for years and years. I mean, there's many people, you know, I just came up on four years, you know, which is is nothing compared to some of the people in these rooms and on this meeting right now. And that's what's real. You know, it's not just putting down the food. What's real is having a new way to do life so I don't have to go back to the food. And, you know, when I think about this thing with he says, something has happened to you, I don't understand. Like, I think of that all the time. Like, this whole thing just freaks me out. I don't get it. How does this thing work? You know, and I know I've shared this before, but when I was in my disease, I used to always try to figure out, well, this, this thing doesn't work. I mean, this doesn't even make any sense. I mean, how does calling people make sense? How does working these, using tools make sense? How does working these steps, how does this God thing even make sense? I mean, none of this makes sense. This is stupid. I mean, this is stupid, right? Why am I going to do it? Except I never stopped doing my disease because it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense that I was 125 pounds overweight, could barely get around or fit in chairs. It didn't make sense of Hey, Kelly, it sounds like we lost you, although that doesn't make sense either. But um, if you could press star one. Kelly, are you still there? Okay, well, it seems like we had lost Kelly. Um, but we got the general gist of it, Kelly. So we're going to um, we're going to transition. Um, thank you so much, and we're going to transition to uh, sharing now. Yeah, Kelly. Larry. What the heck? There I didn't totally had no. I was just kicked off. I, uh, I don't know. We, we only we only do that to people from Oklahoma, but I, I <laughs> probably. I don't know how that happened. I mean, Anyways, you want to wrap up? Uh, yeah, I don't even know where I was. Yeah, where yeah. was I? Right. Yeah. So. Anyway, I was saying, um, you know, this disease didn't make sense to me, and I never stopped to try to make sense of this disease. It was, you know, I was 125 pounds overweight, couldn't fit in chairs. I was bulimic, binge, purged, 20 pounds underweight, you know, spending thousands of dollars on food and weight loss schemes, you know, always looking for that fix. But yet I continued to do my disease, even though it didn't make sense. So now, this, yeah, this disease, this this program doesn't make sense. I mean, there's so many, like, I guess you'd call them oxymorons, right? So it's in my powerlessness when I finally admit complete defeat that I find power. 
Right? So when I finally say to myself, I can't do this, I'm going to depend on this higher power, but I'm given independence. I mean, how weird is that, right? I'm independent now to put down the food. I am neutral, and I have freedom in my spirit and my soul to do life. It's when I completely let go that I'm given the ability to do, you know, I'm given control with from my higher power in this partnership with this God thing. So, I mean, no, it doesn't make sense, but it gives me a life that, that like he said, it's, I think it's funny. Anything is better than the way you were. That's true. Anything is better. But this is freaking crazy, amazing life, you know. And I, and I see many of you guys. That's what got me here and kept me here listening to you guys is I saw that this was real. I knew this was not just, you know, a group of OA people who were abstinent and living in the bedevilments, which is what I had seen and what I had experienced myself. What was real was you guys had put down the food, you had picked up the spiritual toolkit, you were working this program, you had a higher power, and you were doing life, whether it made sense or not, and it doesn't, but it is amazing. And I am so grateful to be here and in recovery today and walking it with you guys. Thanks, Larry. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, Kelly. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm not sure how that happened. If it happens to Craig, then we know something's going on. Anyway, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna open it up to sharing now. Again, if you just joined us, if you just fell out of bed here, we're on page fourteen, the third paragraph, and Kelly read through two paragraphs. So we're gonna stick to the. If you haven't shared in the past day or so, if you'd like to share, please um, say your name about fifty times. No, just a couple of times, and and I'll write it down. Who would like to share? Nicole C. Elise N. Nicole Elise N. Elise Riva. Renee A. Renee Jody. Okay, I'm going to stop there for a second if I could. What I have right now, and I might have missed someone, is Nicole, Elise, Riva, Renee, and Jody. I believe there was someone else in between. Raquel. Raquel. How could I miss Raquel? Hey, Raquel. Okay, we'll put you on the end there. So we'll go Nicole, Elise, Reba, Renee, Jody, and Raquel. All right, Nicole, you're up. Good morning. Good morning. This is Nicole C. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm in Morgan Hill, California. And thank you all for being on the line, and thank you for your service. I loved what we read this morning because I remember being so afraid of what I would become what it would look like, what it would change, what my life would mean. Uh, could I, could I, <laughs> of course, you know, I was dying and desperate, but yet I still ask the question, how will I fit this program into my life um, with all the things that I have going on, my li- on in my life? And, you know, thinking about anything is better than what you have today, anything is better than what you are now. I I might be afraid of the unknown of what I'll be, but I have to trust that when I get there, that if I'm happy, it's okay. And that my brain can use a little washing because it's not working the way that it is. And I am a completely different person now. I am a completely different person, the way that I eat, the way that I behave around food, uh, you know, the program that I live, you know, the phone meetings that I make a priority, 
packing my food, you know, planning and et cetera, it is a different way of life. And people do make comments when they see my food and they usually want my food over what they have. And they do, you know, often comment, oh, wow, you bring your food every day or, you know, oh, wow, you brought all your food with you, you know, if I'm traveling or whatnot. And that's okay because I'm happy today. It's okay that it looks a little different than than the majority. And that's actually good news because the majority of what people eat is definitely not my food. The majority of what people eat um, in our culture today triggers the phenomenon of craving for me. So it's going to be different. It's going to look different. Um, I'm just so glad that I get to be part of this group. I'm glad I get to be a part of this fellowship and sistership. And I love all of you so much. Thank you. And I pass. Thanks so much, Nicole. Okay, we have Elise followed by Reva. Elise, good morning. Hi, good morning. Um, I just, I guess, wanted to share that I, you know, I've been in this program for about 30 years. I've only, I only had, I had six and a half years of abstinence, physical abstinence, and um, now I'm back with, um, I had a relapse for many years, and now I'm back, you know, through this meeting, um, through a sponsor and this meeting and many of you, I started to work um, the steps here. And <clears throat> I think what's really different is that, you know, with, um, you know, having worked the steps with the spot check inventories, if I, if I have something that's troubling me, and yesterday there was, I think I wanted to pretend it wasn't. I was, I was bothered, and um, in a way, rightfully so. I felt I was, um, you know, concerned about something, and I needed to talk about it right away, and I didn't. And I just let it. I just kept thinking about it during the day, and every time I wasn't doing something, I would be thinking about it. And finally, when I spoke to my 11th step buddy. You know, but right before I was, I was clamoring. I wasn't, I was, I was thinking, you know, boy, do I feel hungry, you know? And I said, well, you know, the reason you feel hungry is because you haven't done what you're supposed to do. You haven't turned over this worry or this, this concern. And um, so I, I, I did it, you know, we, we did it thoroughly. Um, Did I thorough 10th and 11th step on it? And I turned it over and I, not hungry anymore, you know, and so it's, it's really not resting on my spiritual laurels and, and doing, doing the work um, on a daily basis. It's a, and most of the time, you know, by the grace of God, I don't have anything that's really bothering me. And I, I don't have to, um, you know, I don't have to, uh, you know, feel, feel that way. Like most of the time the food isn't calling. Most of the time I'm not feeling bothered by something, but um, once in a while something will, will come up and I'm just grateful that I have the, the tools to handle it. And I have God to handle it. I had to really turn it over and ask God to take it and say, you know, this is, you know, I've done the best I could you know, I did the best I could, and 
if the situation didn't work out exactly the way that I want it, um, then it must be for the best. It must be that this is the way it was supposed to work out. So um, that's what I wanted to share. I guess what I'm sharing is it isn't easy all the time, um, but it's it's a lot better than two, than 287 pounds at five foot one. You know, it's it's a lot better to be in recovery than to not, you know, to be recovered than to be into the food. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much, Elise. Again, we're just a friendly reminder, we're commenting on uh, page 14 on the two paragraphs we read, the third paragraph. Next, we have um, Reva followed by Renee. Good morning, Reva. Good morning. Hi, this is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. These paragraphs shout out to me the word continue because in the pages before these two paragraphs, Bill's just zooming on through the steps like he's do, he puts down or he's separated from alcohol and he goes through what we now know as the 12 steps really fast. And just the paragraph before, he has this sudden and profound and awesome spiritual experience. And then what happens after we get through four through nine? He gets scared. He gets alarmed. Um, and it's such a great reminder for me. You know, I was always great with um, like the program, like to get something and go to the end and finish and I'm done. But this reminds me that we're never done. It's continue, continue, continue. 10, 11, 12, 10, 11, 12, over and over the rest of my life. And what does he do when he gets alarmed? He calls his friend. So at the time, maybe there weren't, you know, like a group of recovered people. But so what do I do when I get into fear, when I get into doubt, when the old lies start creeping in? Do I really need to go to the meeting? Um, Do I really need to do all this work? Um, You know, maybe this doesn't make sense. Should I really keep trusting? What does he do? He He reaches out, calls the friend, and gets reminded, get back on the beam continue, continue to do the work um, because the experiences are real and it's better than what I had. So that just reminds me to continue to keep my channel clear with step 10, reach out to somebody else to make sure I'm differentiating the true from the false because the lies just creep right back in. Keep um, that connection with my higher power open. You know, Just continue to do all the things he did in the pages before. Um, and it's going to happen that you know we get scared and, and we get doubtful. So it's one thing to have an awesome spiritual experience, but to sustain it, I have to keep working the steps and stay connected to my higher power and um, stay connected to the people who are in this fellowship. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva. Okay, we have Renee followed by Jody. Hey, hey, Renee, good morning. Hey, Larry, Renee A. here from uh, Recovered from Tulsa, Oklahoma. So does that mean you're going to cut me off because I'm from Oklahoma? Uh, Well, from Oklahoma, we give you extra time now. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Um, I love these paragraphs. Um, Actually, this this actually describes my spiritual experience. Um, The first one I had was a lot like Bill's. It was very sudden and profound. Um, and it was very alarming. Um, 
in a in a good way, but it, it was just very different than anything I'd experienced. I did call my sponsor about day two to ask her if I was still sane. And she said, well, I don't know, honey. Tell me what's going on. I said, Joanne, I just have this feeling like everything is okay. And it's everything is just exactly how it's supposed to be. And I said, you know, it's like everything is just kind of in harmony. And she said, well, honey, that's, that's called peace and serenity. How long has it been since you had that? I said, Joanne, I don't know if I've ever had this. Um, so, and, and that experience for me, that spiritual experience lasted for about a month. Uh, and it was not a pink cloud. It was, it was literally a God consciousness where I just felt engulfed and enveloped in that. Um, however, you know, the thing I want to say here is that that experience alone, you know, it wasn't enough to keep me abstinent. Um, and, you know, I've been in and out of this program since 1994, and the, the long and the short of it is that when I was in, when I was, uh, you know, had the food down and was working the steps, um, I was in recovery. And when I didn't, I was in relapse. I just came back from a, from a long relapse. Um, so, you know, I've had these, these sudden upheavals like this, and I've also had the educational variety of spiritual experience. But... Um, you know, the thing is that this book promises me that if I'll put the food down, if I'll put down my alcoholic foods and I'll work these steps like my hair is on fire, I'll recover. Um, and, and, you know, I can, I can have faith in that promise because there's a lot of people that have gone before me um, that have, you know, shown me that that's true. So, you know, 567 in the spiritual experience, that big book assures me that if I've had a personality change, that's sufficient to bring about recovery from compulsive overeating, then I've had a spiritual awakening. And it doesn't matter what it looks like, okay? It doesn't matter if it's slow and gradual. It doesn't matter if it's a sudden upheaval or some combination of that. Um, you know, if, if I've had that change and I'm in recovery from compulsively overeating um, and, I'm, and I'm abstinent happily, I've had a spiritual experience. So um, I'm just, I'm grateful for all of our experiences, no matter what they look like. So I pass. Thanks, Larry. Bye-bye. Thanks so much, Renee. Okay, let's go to Northern California. Hi, Jody. Good morning. Hi, Larry. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. This is Jody EQ, gratefully recovered in Monterey, California. Well, yes, I'm loving what I'm hearing because it's, sounds like my experience. I also had an experience similar to what Bill had here. I love the way he expresses it, by the way, in the previous paragraph. Just, And I also felt lifted up. It, it happened in 1995 <laughs> at an OA convention in San Francisco. And every meeting and every workshop I worked walked into was on step three. And I had an amazing step three experience that weekend. And my spiritual experience lasted for about two weeks. And I also felt lifted up, confident, at peace, in serenity. My food problem just vanished. It just wasn't even an issue. I felt tremendous love 
for my husband, which at the time was a miracle, and my daughter. And it was truly a gift. It was a gift from my higher power. Now, Bill, as we know, was someone who suffered with depression throughout his life. He never drank again, but he did suffer from depression. So despite his amazing spiritual experience, he was not forever at peace. He too, like us, had to work, had to practice these 12 steps day in and day out. And that's been my experience as well. I have periods of, you know, more peace and serenity than other times. But as long as I stay abstinent, I can make progress. And, you know, at first it can be discouraging because when I get abstinent, I see my defects of character very clearly. And that in itself can be depressing. My gosh, I'm, you know, compared to other people I see around me, I'm not nearly as gregarious or as um, organized or disciplined even. Um, So I see my defects, which can be sobering. (laughs) But I just keep plugging away, doing my best. I am human and trying to make progress. And that is as enough as long as I stay on this spiritual path, putting one foot in front of the other. So thank you all for being there, for being my my fellows in recovery, and uh, I wish you the very best day. And if you're new, please keep coming back and work these steps as if your life depends on it. Is that our path? Thanks so much, Jody. Hey, Raquel, where are you? Are you in the States? Are you in Israel? Where are you at? Raquel. Hi, Larry. There you are. How are you? Here. You flew so fast from Chicago to Israel. I can't believe this. But (laughs) I'm not surprised with you. I'm not surprised with anything. Okay. So, wow, what a meeting. And this, to me, this reads like a suspense story. You know, here's this wonderful little doctor who loved alcoholics, who worked with Bill. Boy, this time when he walked into the hospital, as far as I understand, if not, Harlan will correct me, um, or Larry will, that he came in with a waving a bottle and in a very high mood. And the doctor, the poor little doctor, took a look at him and he said, why don't you go upstairs and get undressed and into bed? And here he is, a few days later, with this unbelievable thing happening to him, which he better hold on to. And I better hold on to what I have because it's amazing, amazing. You know, after 10 times of losing the weight, 30 kilo is like about 70 pounds at least. 10 times in my life and always gained it back and and, and, and serenity once. When I was 14, this serenity thing hit me for a few minutes, and I screamed to my roommate, uh, um, who was then in the kibbutz, I don't know what happened to me. I feel good. I never, I didn't experience it, and now, too, I'm a nervous cholera. That means a nervous wreck, like steady. But I'm not going to the food for that. And yesterday, 
something unbelievable happened to me. Yesterday was a fast day. It's Purim. It's the holiday of the today and tomorrow is the 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 food and the Nash holiday. And I'm not participating in this marathon. And very peacefully so. Uh, but yesterday when I finished fasting, which was like from the night before until about 6.30 in the evening, I really wasn't hungry. But from the moment I knew that I could eat, I was nervous again. And the last, the half hour, I decided to not eat, even though I could. Let's see what happens in a half an hour of not eating, just, uh, just for the heck of it. Like, there was no need to immediately fall on the food. I was holding that, that half an hour was the hardest from all this fast. I, I was holding the disease on the palm of my hand to look at. And what it had to do, the drive had to do that a friend just came to visit who had wonderful abstinence and she relapsed. And I, I, it was hurting me so much when I saw her to the car and I saw how much vegetables she bought because she is going to do it again. And I knew about 95 or maybe 97% of this whole thing is surrender. Not I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really do it this time. But God, please help me. Please help me live through it. This is the kind of thing I need. And that's the hardest thing for me. I had to, to be on my own since I was 13. I didn't have to. I ran away from home. It was the best thing I ever did. But then I went to a kibbutz and I received parents who were, who made sense. So, uh, yeah, I hear, I hear you, Larry. Thank you so much for being there for me. Here's my timer. I love you all. Have wonderful recoveries. The truth is here. Thank you. I pass. Love you, too. Love you, too. Thanks, Raquel, for your share. Okay, we're going to open it up to more sharing. Um, who would like to share on what was read? Anna Kay. Anita, Anna, Russ, who else? Barbara H. Barbara H. Amy G. Okay, I got Anita, Anna, Russ, Barbara, and Amy G. Did I leave someone out? Edith R. All right. Okay, we'll stop with that with Edith. And Leah M. Okay, let's stop with that. Okay, so here's the order. Anita, Anna, Russ, Barbara, Amy G, Edith, and Leah M. Anita, you're up. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. I'm so grateful I got on the line today to hear all of these wonderful shares because um, I feel like I'm losing hold of what I've gained so far. And uh it always seems to happen when I get to step four, actually. I don't even make it four through nine. You know, that is that has been my pattern for sure. Uh, and I, you know, just so grateful to hear yesterday, I guess, the day before, where I have to give up complete self, you know, and just trust this program and keep doing the work and just uh, ask God for help so that I can feel all the things and because I hear it in the voices. I, I don't even have to feel it because I don't know them, see them, touch them, but I feel it in their voices, the the, uh, the freedom, the serenity, the happiness. And so 
I'm just uh, praying for help today to find the time to do the fourth step because when I'm there, my disease wants me to think that everything else in my life is so much more important. Um, so I want to get back the excitement and the the hope and and the 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 trust and the knowledge that I know this works if I just keep on keeping on. I'm grateful to be here today and to be with all of you on this line. So thanks so much for giving me the opportunity to share. Thanks so much, Anita. Okay, we have Anna followed by Russ. Anna, good morning. It's your turn. Good morning. Uh, thank you very much, Larry. This is Anna Kay from the Poconos, Pennsylvania. I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, I got to hold on to this because if I don't hold on, it may not come back. And the holding on means I got to work this program every day, which I never did before. And I stepped in the rooms and over 30 years ago. I had a big abstinence when I first came in. I call it a big abstinence because it lasted a nice amount of years, but I was no recovery. I mean, there was I know, no understanding of that. Um, and I had a little bit, I wasn't the up and down kind of girl uh, losing, but up and down emotionally, sure. I'm up and down emotionally every day. I have to have a spiritual experience every day, honest to God, on some level. Obviously, I was the educational variety because it took me over 30 years. I'm a slow learner. That is for sure. But if I don't work this every day and have my spiritual experience every day and hold on to it, sometimes I don't hold on to it the best way, you know. I mean, practice not perfection. I'm human, all that stuff. That is that is so true. But I can't take a chance of not having another recovery. So I have to listen to you guys. I have to read the big book. I have to do my 11th, 10th and 11th step. I could be better on my 10th. My 11th is pretty good. Thank God I'm on a train. I have to create situations with people. I know I have to talk to people because I'm an isolator and won't talk. You know, I'll have friends say, wow, you talk to these many people a day? And I say, I don't have a choice. Even to the point of having fun, I take it too far. I'm over-emotional. I'm depressive. It doesn't go away. So Anna Banana has to be in this 12-step program to be close to normal, whatever normal is, you know? And it, there is a piece that I get. And I'm like a 60s girl. Well, young then, but 60s. And peace, 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 man. That's what I say to you all, peace. Stay in it. Do it every day. Hold on to it. You know, love you guys. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thanks, Anna. Now batting for the for the Phillies, Russ M. Hey, Russ. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> good morning, Lars. Thanks. That that'd be a terrible lineup if I was in there. Uh, good morning, my fellows. Russ M. You know who I am. Um, so yeah, something's happened. You know, something's happened. I get choked up looking at this one. I think, you know, I get choked up a lot of these paragraphs because I see life there. I see freedom. You know, I, I feel, you know, healing and miracles. And, you know, something has happened with with my relationships with my wife and my kids and my mother and my in-laws. And 
even my boss, him too. You know, uh, and I try to figure it out. And I know it's not from me. You know, I know it's not from me. We know what happened when I was doing what I was doing or each of us were doing what we were doing. You know, it, it got us in, in, into where we're at. And, uh, you know, I do have a little trepidation. When I, when I see that, it says, you better hold on to it. You know, if I miss outreach calls or I don't take my sponsor calls or I don't get on the phone with my single good-looking sponsor where I don't work this program, I don't do my reviews, and I'm not honest with myself, I'll be back. I'll be back to the, to the direct that I, I, I was before I came to the door. And you know, I try to put it all together and see and like test and see if it's really God. And I can't do it anymore. I just got to roll with it. And, uh, you know, the kiss principle, right? Keep it simple, stupid. And, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to roll with that. This is a beautiful paragraph and, um, I'm going to hold, hold on to it by any means in, in fear and elation and every aspect of my life. So, you know, I love you. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks, Larry. Thanks, Russ. <clears throat> okay, we have Barbara H. followed by Amy G. Hey, Barbara, good morning. Yes, good morning. Um, it's Barbara H. from New York. And um, I, I'm in a position now I really can't talk, but uh, I loved everything I heard. My God, my God. And I heard this lady, Renee, speak. And I've been on a couple of times on this meeting, but every time I had to run and do something, I have to leave. And I just wanted to get her number, and I can't wait till the end. And it's been happening about four times in the last couple of weeks that I've been on. And you know I was, what we could do? What? Yeah, you know what we could do? Well, um, hey, hey, Renee, would you, <clears throat> would you leave your um, number um, and... And um, we can, you know, the one thing that you can do is you can, um, I don't know if your name is on the list, but should, we have a list at the, the end of the, the um, excuse me, on, the, uh, on the, the page there. And Renee's number probably is on there. So um, if, you, if you can get on the second hour, you know, you, you can get instructions on that, um, Barbara. But oh, if not, I can't um, be on the second hour, that's why. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, that, you know what, we'll... Um, we can't do that during the first stop. We can't do that right okay, now. Okay, so I can't get a number. Well, I'm yeah, sorry, not, not during the first. All right, yeah, that's my problem. The that's the problem. Okay, I can't leave my number either. Yeah, no. yeah. Okay, I don't want to take. Do. I don't want. All right, it's impossible. Okay, okay. Yeah. thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks so much. You can check the website. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. All right, so let's move on to um, Amy G. Followed by Edith. Hey, Amy. Good morning. I think I heard Amy. Yeah. No, I'm here. Hi, Larry. Good morning. Oh, there you are. are Hi. You? Good morning. Good. Great. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, perfect. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much for your service, and thank you, everyone, for an awesome meeting. Uh, I can just ditto. These paragraphs make me so emotional and so grateful for this program and how it has saved my life. And I feel like this paragraph not only shouts out a pivotal moment for Bill, but a pivotal moment for the doctor. He shakes his head. Not understanding, but actually realizing, in my humble opinion, that, look, he can bring all these guys in and he can dry them up, but that the remedy is one of a spiritual aspect, that, you know, he can't do that for Bill. 
And that Bill walks in and says, you know, I've got something here. And he says, look, hold on to it. I mean, this must have been the springboard upon which he was willing, the doctor, to write the doc off and say, look, this allergy, clearly, I can see it from a doctor's perspective. It's twofold. It's a physical allergy. You can't put it in your system because then you can't stop. And it's a mental obsession, that mental twist, that obsession that is so warped in our minds, of an, I'm going to speak from my own perspective, that we can't stop not putting it in our mouth. But, but we're powerless. And anything that he does, just like for me, any diet, any, any therapist, anyone, although all great modalities for others, for me as a compulsive overeater, is like putting a Band-Aid on a, wallet, on a bullet wound. I am ultimately, completely, and utterly powerless over my disease. And without that admission, I can't embark onto the spiritual aspect of this disease. I can't embark if I can't get myself out of the way. And the doctor realizes and says, you better hold on to this because I don't have anything for you. Anything is better than what you got. And the reality for me is that I was so pummeled and beaten by this disease that anything, as drastic as those proposals sounded to me, anything was better than the hell of the compulsive overeating and the bulimia day after day after day. And I knew that I was going to die if I didn't do something different. So I had to open myself up. I had to choose to surrender and be willing to work this program as drastic Remember, talked about it and how it works. At some of these steps, we balked. We thought we could find it easier, soft away, but we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the beginning. Ultimate, ultimate surrender for me, but to choose to then do what is necessary. So the doctor says, look, dude, you got something here, you know, and it's clearly a spiritual remedy. For me, what I need as a compulsive overeater is not another diet. I need a spiritual solution because I am powerless. And we read these experiences of people that are recovered. There's no secret code. Page 17 says we have found a common solution. There's no secret code. We just need to follow the instructions. Like everyone else says, like our hair is on fire. But it works. Did I work all these steps perfectly? Of course not. But I was willing. I had surrendered. And I was willing to follow instructions in whom the instructions and get help in whom the problem had been solved. The people had gone before me. And I got recovered. We can do this because we have this wonderful program that saves and transforms lives and gives us a spiritual solution. For me, I have to have that in order to live, in order to recover, and to be free of this disease. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Amy. Hey, Edith, before we go to you, if in just in case Barbara's on, Barbara H. is on the line, you can um, access our website, and that's where we have contact information, too. I didn't want to leave you hanging there. So um, in any case, let's move on to Edith, followed by Leah. Edith, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Uh, Mr. Red, Mr. White Sox, this is Judith, and I think that my jersey actually says Judith, not Edith. Oh, I'm Zephyr. sorry, Judith. <laughs> That's <we> okay. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Judith recovered in Vermont. Um, you guys have just made me aware that I have been the recipient of a really sweet spiritual experience in the last month or so. Um, I wasn't aware of, of putting it in those terms until I listened this morning. I was in Guatemala and I, every day, whatever happened, I would say to myself, God's got this. 
or sometimes it was in God's voice and I would hear, I've got this. And no matter what happened, I would have this this sense that God has got this issue, this problem, this whatever. Um, and it went away at the very end of my time there because something happened and all of a sudden I forgot that God's got this. And last night when I was talking to a fellow uh, on the phone, I realized, that's when I lost it. And now I can have it back. So ever since last night, I've been saying to myself, God's got this. And, And only listening to you guys this morning did I put two and two together and say, oh, that was a spiritual experience. That is a spiritual experience. My first one 40 years ago was was the Bill variety. And since then, it's been the Bob variety of uh, educational revelations. So thank you, Vision for You, for elucidating my life to me again. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Judith. Okay, let's move on to Leah M. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, Larry. Thanks for your service. Something has happened to you I don't understand. You know, something profound happened to Bill in the hospital that day, a spiritual experience that changed his life. He recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. I didn't have a white light experience um, mine has been more gradual. We call it a spiritual awakening. But uh, against all odds, I was supposed to self-destruct. And, you know, it was clear even at a young age of 23 that more than my compulsive overeating had to be arrested. My own philosophy, my core belief systems, my ideas, attitudes had to be confronted and overhauled. And that was the work of these 12 steps. The work of the 12 steps rearranged my thinking. It cast aside those old ideas, attitudes, and emotions that kept driving me back into the bakery boxes and the cellophane bags. You know, the world often will say seeing is believing. In the program of recovery, I have to live with the idea that believing is seeing, meaning that there is a vision through God's uh, prism that I need to get to each and every day. It says, but you better hang on to it. And this is, you know, my daily work, because the solution is not for me merely to stop uh, ingesting my trigger foods. The solution for someone like me, a real compulsive overeater with an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind, the solution for someone like me is to have a relationship with spirit which will remove the problem and continues to remove the problem based on the fitness of my spiritual well-being. And that's the goal and the aim and the objective every day for me. Because someone like me was suffering from a disease that only a spiritual awakening could conquer. I had a soul sickness, a gangrene of the spirit, if you will. And so, you know, I had to surrender, not out of any virtue, out of pain, out of excruciating suffering and pain that was relentless. And throw myself into the program of recovery and dethrone that intellect that was so uh, admired in my family, 
in favor of God, an unknown God, <laughs> with no certainty and no, no, no exactness, but a belief that there was a reality higher than my intellect, and to invite that God in by pursuing these steps as if my life depended on it, because it did. And the program of recovery revealed to me that God was within me. And since God resides within each enough of us equally, we all presumably have the same spiritual potential, the same potential to live a life that's happy, joyous, and free. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Leah. Okay, we have time for, I believe, one more share. Who would like that? Naomi B. Hey, Naomi. <laughs> okay, it's all yours. I'm Thanks, so Larry. Hi, hon. Good morning, my dear friend. Um, good morning, family. This is Naomi B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. Wow, this is great. Something has happened to you I don't understand, but you had better hang on to it. This is like, it's like, the, the best way I can describe it is the wind. We can't see the wind, but we can see the effect of it as the trees blow and the leaves fall. It is, it is crazy. I don't, I can't even begin to explain it. And this happened from the very beginning, the very beginning on July 25th of 2011. I was struck abstinent with the food, didn't know what happened. And all of a sudden, my glasses were changed. I was looking at life through different, different pair of glasses. And it's work. It takes work everything, every single day. Work in the steps, contacting others in my, in my fellowship. It takes work. But how does this happen that I sit, I sit at a luncheon after my brother died in January with all this binge food around me peacefully? with a cup of water in my hand. How does this happen when my husband gets in a car accident over the weekend? He's okay. The car's totaled peacefully. This is crazy. It's not me. It's working this program every single day. It's connecting with my higher power. Thank you, God, every single day. And you know what the beauty of this? The food never enters into it. I'm so far out of those hoagies, it's not even funny. And you know what? I, got, I give God all the glory because that's where my strength comes from. And work in the steps. Yes, work in the steps like my hair is on fire. My hair is very short. But I, it's work in the steps every day. And I'm, no, I'm another bozo on the, on the bus. It's there for everyone. And the beautiful part of it, it's just for today. I don't know if I'm going to wake up tomorrow. Nobody does. But just for today, I have God's peace. Thank you for allowing me to share, and I pass. Thanks, Naomi. I want that. Okay. <laughs> um, thanks to everyone who had share, you know, has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And let me give you the share ID for today. Uh, the share ID for today, uh, Thursday, March 21st, for the 7 a.m. meeting is 12687. That's 12,687. So we will now close with a, a reading from the big book on page 164, uh, followed by the serenity prayer. And let me ask, uh, hey, Nadia, are you there? I'm here, Larry. Hi, Nadia. Good morning. Good morning. Nadia B. Gratefully Recovered, Impulsive Overeater. Thank you, Larry, for your service. 
Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and your, to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.